Hello, and welcome to another episode of Plastic Lizard Uncovered, the show where we talk about albums with the people who know them the best, the artists themselves. This week, we are talking to Jim E. Brown about his album, Broken. Broken. Broken since birth. Broken. I just don't work. Broken. You can't fix me. Cause I'm broken. And I'm too big. Jimmy Brown is a 19-year-old musician, poet, and activist from Manchester, England, who just recently got into creating music this year. Creating music on the iPad that his Aunt Melba May gave him as a gift, Broken is his second album of the year, his first being a collection of his love songs. On his sophomore effort, the self-diagnosed teenage obese alcoholic finds himself looking at life with a darker sense of humor as he explores the musings that someone in their late teens would have. Or at least Jim does. is very active in addressing the problems he sees within his community, whether it be telling people to stop feeding the rats in Fog Lane Park, spreading food waste awareness on someone left four chicken fillets in Marie Louise Gardens, or most recently spreading awareness for the Didsbury mob targeted by the viral beaning trend as beans, spaghetti hoops, and tomatoes smeared across her house. Jim is putting his art into good use by spreading awareness towards things that people wouldn't normally seen about. This shows that the teenage sensation not only has the goal to one day work with the likes of Diplo and Steve Aoki, but also that his heart is in the right place as well. Here's my conversation with Jim E. Brown about his album Broken on Plastic Lizard Uncovered. Hello, I'm here with Jim E. Brown. Jim, how are you doing today? Uh, yeah, all right. How are we doing? That's good. I'm doing all right, too. Uh, you're in Philadelphia right now, right? Yeah, we just did some shows. Uh... So did you did you fly from England to Philadelphia just for this show? or? Yeah. How did that work out? Yeah, I, uh, I borrowed about 1,200 quid from me mom and uh, flew from Heathrow to uh, Philadelphia because uh, just the opportunity arose and never give up a good opportunity to express yourself in, before a crowd of people. We had a good six, seven people there and it was a wonderful time. Is that the biggest show you've played then for, for six people? or? Oh yeah, well I just started making music this year so 
I haven't really done many shows, if I'm honest. Uh, For the listener who's unaware, are you? Uh, you have a lot of interests. You're a musician and a poet, right? Is there anything else that you dabble in? Well, you know, singing and you know, uh, uh, I mean, that's uh, yeah. I think you got about right there. Yeah. Is this like your uh, your full time job then, or, or do you have a different job, or does your mom no. pretty much help you help you help you with this dream? Well, I uh, I live with me at Melbourne May in the countryside. Hmm. Me and my mom don't get along ever since she started, you know, dating uh, Smothfeld, and I walked in on him fingering her, and oh. things just haven't been the same since then. But yeah, for the most part, yeah, she provides me with the money I need to, you know, create my creations. Well, that's nice. That would be kind of a weird scene to walk in on, I'm I'm sure. Uh, I, my image of her in my mind is completely defiled. My father passed some years ago, and uh, to see another man uh, defile my mother is deeply uh, troubling to me. Yeah. yeah, we'll get into we'll get into some of those deeper um, those deeper feelings in this interview, if if you would like to. I don't want to cry, you know, because uh, no, I don't. I don't want if, that either. That that is cr- not the goal of this interview. Because <laughs> if you cry, like you know, I got that COVID vaccine in me. I don't want the mm. vaccine juices to come out. From the, you know, I read it can leave your body through the tear ducts. And uh, we want to keep that vaccine going as a protection against this deadly coronavirus. I've heard many things. I, I actually work at a news station. So so I've heard a couple of things from the news, but I haven't heard. I haven't heard that yet. Right. Well, someone told me that. Yeah. In a pub. So yeah, that's a first. Yeah. Let's get into the album a little bit into right. broken. I guess it would be interesting to know what are, what are some things that were going on in your life that impacted the songs or the tone of broken? It seems like this is the type of record that was kind of impacted in where you were in certain points in your life and kind of in recent, recent times anyway. All right. Well, as I said, I started making music this year. I've, written about 50 songs this year. I put out my first album in March or February called Jimmy Brown Sings His Love Songs. And that was a love album. I wanted to just touch on some darker themes because I felt it wouldn't be appropriate on a love album. So that's where the broken uh, came from. Yeah. I guess it is a pretty dark album then, isn't it? On Broken and on the song Broken, more specifically, you give us your story. For the listener who's unaware, just kind of tell us that story. I don't want to say anything. Right. But but you're 19, you're 19 years old. Um, yeah. And you suffer from a lot of uh, degenerative conditions, is that right? I'm 19 years old. I suffer from various degenerative conditions and alcoholism. That's what I say in the song. Yes. Is that, in, that, that is true then, right? Yeah, I like to say it in as many songs as possible, just to drive the point home. My name is My name Jimmy, Jimmy Brown. Brown. 
I'm 19 years old. I suffer from various degenerative conditions and alcoholism. Yeah, I like to, you know, just let people know where I'm at in that regard and, you know, talk about alcoholism, drinking. I'm sober for this, actually, but, you know, uh, usually I'll be having my first pint around now. Oh, wow. But with the uh, with the, uh, the difference in time here in the States, you know, I just, uh, I thought I'd be squeaky clean for you, you know, but it makes me voice a bit crackly when I'm not drinking the swill, so... Well, yeah. Well, I appreciate that. Well, maybe I crack. Maybe I crack one open if this goes a bit longer. Yeah. Are you getting help for uh, alcoholism? Are you doing anything? Going to therapy? Seeing anybody? Or is it just kind of? Are Are you helping your yourself out anyways? Well, uh, you know, the music is very therapeutic for me, and uh, yeah, you know, uh, you know. Uh, I don't know. I'm a self-diagnosed alcoholic. I mean, maybe if I were to go to a medical specialist, I would say, oh, you're not an alcoholic, I, you know. But to me, I'm an alcoholic, you know. And it's really up to you whether or not you're one or not, you know. Yeah. I, I guess I've never thought of it that way, you know. But, yeah, I guess all, a lot of these songs are very personal, you know. You have kind of a knack for titling songs, I must say myself. Um, right. That's kind of what intrigued me to your album. What do you think about the art of song titling? You have some great hits here, like 91-Year-Old Vomiting, 26 Hours After Moderna Second Injection. You have I Felt the Dental Hygienist, Pregnant Belly, Touch My Elbow. What do you think the art of the song title should be? Uh, you know, songs, they write themselves, you know. Like, you don't really, when you're writing a song, the song is, is already there. It's just about bringing it out, right? So a song like 91-Year-Old Mother Vomiting 26 Hours After Moderna Second Injection, you know, that's the phrase I say throughout the song. So it's like, what else am I going to call it? 91-year-old mother dot, dot, dot. No, you go put the whole... You said 91-year-old mother vomiting 26 hours after Moderna's second injection. 91-year-old mother vomiting 26 hours after Moderna's second injection. 91-year-old mother vomiting 26 hours after Moderna's second injection. The ladies go Well, you know, Jim, I think other people might use one or two words to title their songs. Do you have any personal messages for them? Right. Well, sometimes I like a nice short title myself, you know, broken. Oh, yeah, that is. It's just one word. Broken. That's why I keep saying broken. But yeah, I mean, there's some wonderful songs with one word titles. Um, bad. I'm Michael Jackson. Bad. I'm bad. Mm -hmm. Really, really bad. And uh, some good two-word titles, um, you know, Prince, Raspberry Berets, two words. Um, 
I, I recently covered a song by the Beatles. Heard of them? Yeah, yeah, they're they're big yeah. here too. So yeah, yeah. So they had a four-word title, and I love her. So I mean, the the number of words in the title really, you know, there's some great ones at every length, really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I guess it makes sense that if you repeat a phrase, you would title your song that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now, when I wrote the song, you know, I felt the dental hygienist, pregnant belly, rubbing against me elbow, you know. That was based on a true experience, you know. You can't make that up, you know. Did you actually see a 91-year-old mother vomiting uh, after Moderna second injection? Is that another real um, no, I, another real thing that happened to you, or is that fabricated? It's not fabricated, but I'm on a Facebook group about vaccinations, and someone posted that, and I said, that has a ring to it. That could be a song. That has a ring to it. 91-year-old mother vomiting 26 hours after Moderna's second injection. So I said, I got to recall that. Now, when you say you're on these Facebook groups, are you on like the ones about like the Ivamec or do you stay off of those ones? Well, look, mate, I was first in line to get an injection, uh, right? And like I said, I'm on the fence about it because I want to, you know, be safe from this coronavirus. But I read some very negative things about uh, this vaccine and, uh, you know, but some very positive things about these alternate methods. And, you know, I've, I have considered getting a blood transfusion to have the vaccine taken out of me and switch over to more of an ivermectin-type situation. But, you know, I'm on the fence, you know, really. I, I don't have any uh, solid leaning one way or the other. Mm. Yeah, I guess I'm no doctor, and that's not what people tune into this podcast for. But I think you... I think you should probably keep the vaccine in, in your body. I think that's probably the the safest right. one. That's but then what, again, who am I? So That's what a lot of people have been telling me. They say, keep it in, keep your blood in your body, and, you know, decide later about a booster shot or, you know. Yeah, because, like, how much how much blood are you going to have to get rid of to, to get the vaccine out of your body? I don't that, I don't know. And I've tried to yeah. consult medical doctors about will this blood transfusion, like, fix my issue of having the vaccine in me and I can't get a straight answer one way or the other. So, yeah. Mm. What does writing these songs do for you? Because you you seem to be going through quite a bit and we kind of touched on it. So the music is kind of your medicine to deal with all of your problems, oh, yeah. your oh, yeah. your obesity, your, um, yeah. your alcoholism, things like that. Yeah, certainly. Certainly, mm. yeah. 
Have you seen yourself getting better from it or who were you when you were 18 as opposed to when you're when you're 19 now? Didn't you just have a birthday too? Yeah, I was born 9 September 10 September 10 2001, one day before 9/11. Hmm. So yeah, I did have a birthday. Yeah, congratulations to me. Happy birthday. So yeah, happy birthday. Does that make you twenty or? No, I'm still uh, nineteen. Oh okay, no. okay. I see. How how uh, did? So are you like a vampire in that way, or are you just always gonna be nineteen? Or? Uh, I mean, it's not. There's no explanation for it, really. Okay. But uh, I see. Yeah. Uh, what was the question? What was going on in my life? Who was I when I was 18 versus 19? Yeah, yeah. 18, fat bloke, drinking too much. 19, same thing, but also doing the music recordings. Mm. And man, love doing it. Sitting down at a garage band and yelling into a microphone. It's nothing better, mate. It, sound, it does sound really therapeutic, That is, that is for sure. Uh, one of my favorite songs is actually the intro. As a creative, as somebody who looks on at their own analytics on a frequent basis, this song kind of made me laugh because it's a very funny representation of what being a smaller creator looks like. Do you find yourself looking at those analytics quite a bit? Because you do sing about it in, in your first song. Oh, yeah. I look at it all the time, and it's uh, it's an addiction, isn't it? This is my this is my second According to Bandcamp stats, I have over 1,000 plays on the first track from my first album. Spotify for Artists is a service that tells you your playing stats. They say I have 12 monthly listeners. This week, song that had the most listens was I Cried on a Train with three listens. Many people have also looked at my music on YouTube. It, it really is. I like seeing where, where people are from. Sometimes, though, yeah, it's like, how did you how did you find me? But have you had any curiosities by looking at that? Have you had people in locations that maybe you wouldn't want them to to be looking at? Like, have you... Have you seen like a location that maybe someone who you're not on good terms with view a song or or, or listen to a song or do you, do you really track it like that? Oh, I'm just kind of looking, you know, uh, I'm looking for the analytics to see if anyone in Hollywood, California is listening. Maybe a big shot producer like Diplo, who to me is just a genius, right? Or someone like that, you know, like. Um, Steve Aoki, you know, uh, but anyone really, you know, I'm a very open-minded person and, I, you know, mm -hmm. anyone. Yeah, are you chasing stardom or are you just kind of whatever happens, happens with, with this project? Well, yeah, it's whatever happens, happens, mate. You know, you just got to keep busting them out, you know, mm -hmm. working on my third album and... Uh, and hopefully one day I'll be performing in a club and someone, a big shot will be there like Diplo or something, big muscular bloke like him. Nice body, chest, upper chest. Mm -hmm. And uh, he'll say, I like this guy. I want to put him to the mainstream and, you know, get him, get him some of the millions that I have, you know.
No, that is the ultimate goal. I unfortunately don't have any connections that big, but hey, maybe we'll work something out. Maybe we're both we'll both become big together, and I can interview Diplo um, someday. I don't know if that's my goal though. I'm not a huge Diplo guy. Hmm. I mean, he's talented, yes, but I don't know. So let's talk about let's talk about women. Obviously, you're you're in your late teens. You know, you're thinking about that quite a bit. And there seems to be a few tracks about women on this album and um, how they allude to maybe your romantic curiosities. Right. Whether that be, you know, heartbreak, like on All the Pretty Flowers, where, where you know, you just want to look at all the pretty flowers and, and forget about this person that you once knew. Contemplating what your ideal woman looks like on I Don't Want a Boneless Woman. contains you thinking a lot about love and romance in a variety of ways. Right. So what's your love like like right now in your in your late teens? Any any juicy stuff going on there? Well, uh with my first album, Jimmy Brown sings his love songs. I wrote a companion piece, a little short autobiography which kind of details and outlines the major relationships I have been in. Mm. There was Darlene of course, Mildred, who I met at Beswick Library. But yeah, like I'm a romantic sort, you know. I'm not a, I'm not a, uh, what do they call it, a uh, hit it and quit it type. Or, okay. Uh, you know, smash and bash and smash. Or yep, what, I've heard that. What's, what's the, what, what do they say in America? In the UK, we say bash, smash and smash and go, smash and go. Yeah, we say smash and pass. I guess is what is what it is. Yeah. I don't do that. I'm not a, you know, it's not like ejaculate and then I'm done with you, you know, wipe off the semen and then off we go. No, it's not like that. I like, you know, bringing them flowers and saying, oh, I love you, baby. Let me peck you on the cheek and rub your ear lobe a bit. Like, you know. So you're, yeah, you're more of a, you're, you're a loyal guy then is what I'm, what I'm sensing. Right. Very loyal. So are you looking for marriage or are you just wanting to, you know, date and have deep relationships and just have fun and see just like your well, music, whatever happens, happens or? Well, it's a bit private, mate, isn't it? Yeah. You'll find out on the next release, maybe. Okay. Yeah. So I'm so, I, I apologize if I'm prying a little, a little too much. Oh no, it's totally fine. It's totally understandable. And you know, it's like. I love to look at the gossip sites myself, Perez, yeah. Hilton, and, uh, you know, I like to see what's happening in the love lives of others, but me own, I just, 
keep it locked in like a little box with a little uh, lock with the key. Hmm. That's where I keep my, my personal uh, dealings. That's completely understandable. Yeah, I don't know. I think I tend to overshare a little bit. So I envy your secrecy. I think that's a good quality to have. Thank you, mate. You're welcome. Uh, do you want me to keep on buttering you up or should I get to the next question? Uh, so, uh, you can... Uh, I love being buttered up, but we can move on <laughs> if you like. Well, no, I was, yeah, I was just trying to be funny, but... um. Yeah, I guess I want to know why you do start out all of your songs with, you know, this is Jimmy Brown. I am Jimmy Brown. My name is Jimmy Brown. I am Jimmy Brown. My name is Jimmy Brown. My name is Jimmy Brown. My name is Jimmy are you afraid that people are going to like forget who's singing or is that kind of your feel like that's big in the rap scene, like your rapper right. tag or whatever, like the Jason Derulo type stuff. Right. Yeah. Uh, I just kind of started making these songs and saying, my name is Jimmy Brown or this is Jimmy Brown at the beginning of every track. So I just kept doing it. It's kind of become my staple or hallmark and, yeah, it's just what I like to do. I like, you know, it's not really necessarily a big reason behind it, but, mm -hmm. you know, it's just a hallmark of my songwriting process, really. However, it will make it awkward were someone to cover it in the future, and then they say, my name is Jimmy Brown at the beginning of the song, but then they're not, in fact, Jimmy Brown. So it would be a bit awkward uh, in that regard. I think they would just change the name to them right you know? like if madonna were to cover one of me songs she could change it to my name is madonna i'm 63 years old do you think madonna's ever gonna cover one of your songs or uh maybe one of me future songs because i feel like maybe the music i've been working on has is a, is a bit harsh a bit like mm. thrashy sure but maybe if i move towards a more pop oriented direction especially like like I said, like if Diplo were to like, you know, work with me at some point, like I feel he could maybe pass it along to someone like Madonna. She's a bit old and stodgy. I don't know that she's really hip to like what's going on, but Diplo could be like, you know, a bridge really between us. Yeah, because I think with Diplo, I think he would just kind of feature anybody on his on his track. Well, anybody famous on his track, you know? Right. I don't think he's a guy. I don't think he's the type of guy who's gonna judge whether you're older or young. He seems like an equal opportunity lender, anyways. Right, right. I just want to talk about maybe cultural differences you're seeing in the United States as opposed to England right now, since you are in Philadelphia right now. Is there anything weird that us uh, us American folk do that won't fly in in Britain or? Oh, no. I see a lot of uh, lot of masks. Yeah. Uh, these COVID masks, you know, which we have out there, but like, just the shape of them just seem a bit different here, don't they? I just they don't look right. Uh, obviously, like one of the big ones that you know just never really ceases to amaze me is the, you know, the drivers they drive on the other side mm -hmm. of the of the car, and it's like, how are you doing that, mate? It's like, 
you can't really do that, can you? But they can't, you know. Yeah. So it doesn't make much sense to me. But other than that, it's 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 really quite similar. Mm. Good people, good, nice, thick and thin people, all sizes, mm-hmm. cracking good, good, good people. That's good. Uh, so also, like if you go to other countries, like say Japan or you know, type, you know, um, or you know, Hungary, Estonia. Zimbabwe, they speak different languages, don't they? But like between the US and uh, England, speaking the same language, which is English, right? Yeah. And then and in Canada too, they also speak English, except in the French part, they speak French Canadian, French language. Have you been many places around the world, or or is America and England just your two places you've been? I've traversed a bit through Europe, you know, been to uh, Germany. Berlin, Czech Republic, mm. to the town of Pilsen, right? I've been to, uh, uh, maybe that's about it, yeah. Well, hey, that's all right. You're more, you're more well-traveled than I am anyways, but I guess America is a bigger, bigger country than, you know, it's, it's well, a little I, easier I, to get around in Europe. You know, one place I would like to go, be it in Greenland, Canada, or Alaska in the U.S., is I would like to travel to the Arctic. And uh, mm. just uh, check out the way of life up there, that icy cold way of life and eating walrus and all that kind of thing. Like that's what... Yeah, do you think you'd play a show up there or just visit? Oh, I would be. I would love to, yeah. I'd love to play a show. Eat a bit of seal, walrus, mm. strum me guitar, sing a few songs, fly back home. Yeah. That would be, yeah, that would be pretty cool. Do you think you're, well, I don't want to bring your mother up again, but she, she was the one who funded this trip. So I was wondering, do you think if you said I had this desire to fly to Antarctica, do you think she would fund that? Uh, It's a case-by-case basis, Mm. really. I mean, I I don't know. Okay, well, let's talk about... I would send her this this podcast and maybe if she would have listened to it and hear it coming out, your words, the words of an American bloke, like someone from so far away, I think it might do a little something to her and say, like, maybe I should give Jim that okay yeah i can i can like do a little this is this part is specifically for jimmy brown's mom hey you should i don't believe in spoiling your children but you know your your son has this dream and he wants to fly out to antarctica i think there are a lot of fans i think antarctica is a very unobtained market right now and i think if your son went there he would be bigger than he is right now in in England and in the United States. I'm just a random American guy, and I heard his music. Imagine if you were out in Antarctica, how moved you would be by this man's music. He is an incredible talent, and fund him. There, was that? Do you think Lo- that? Lovely, lovely, yeah. Okay, I think that'll I think that'll get your mom. So tear on our heartstrings a bit, right? Let's talk about food a little bit. Um, right, you food, you yeah. do you enjoy food, right? Love putting, yeah, yeah. Anything down me gullet if it has a good flavor, nice texture. Love to stuff things down me throat. No, no problem with that at all. Doing it multiple times a day, in fact, is quite nice, really. So there's a song on here about food called "Ode to the Loaf." It's a love song dedicated to you know a type of bread. Um, right, and, and bread in a can, yeah, can canned bread. bread. Yeah, yeah. So, it's made in the United States, in fact. Every day, 
we have a lot of canned stuff. You know, I'm from Minnesota, so, you know, I grew up close to the spam capital of the world, of the you, the, the United States, anyway. It's uh, Austin, Minnesota. They have Hormel, Hormel Packing Plant. That's where they made spam. And I would love to take a tour of that and get a whiff of the meat being processed. I love processed meat. This would be heaven for you then, because that's definitely, they, they have a spam museum, all dedicated to spam. It hasn't changed in like 10 or so years, but hey, that, I mean, 20 years even. I went there when I was a little guy. I could see a slicing, a couple slices of canned bread, mm-hmm. bit of spam, bit of mushy peas, spritz of mayonnaise, and that could be a nice lunch. That sounds like heaven to somebody, I'm sure, but... No, it's it's good. I don't I don't really mind. People get kind of grossed out by it, but I'm not grossed out by canned bread, canned canned meat, anything. I think I might shit. Well, I don't know if I share your same the same theory about you when it comes to food. Just whatever whatever you can put together and put in your mouth is is fine. But uh, well, if it's tasty, it can go down the gullet, no problem. Yeah, you won't want to be eating anything like the 91-year-old mother ate, you know. The old food, anyways, that, that might be right, bad. Right. That's why I like canned bread. It's got loaded with good preservatives, mm. so it's not going to go bad anytime soon, is it? Nope. Nope. That'll be good for a couple of years, won't it? Yeah, yeah, it will. What other foods do you think would be um, good to make a song about, then? Are there any other foods uh, you're... Smack bomb pee wet. What I, I that might be a cultural difference. I don't exactly know what that is. Well, smack bomb peewet is a smack, which is just like kids love it. It's like a potato, and then mm. bomb is like in in the states they would say a bun or bread. Smack bomb, so it's like the thing that it's like smack inside a bun with the water of the peas mm. on top, and it's crunchy and and it's good. And for for 40p, I mean, how can you really complain about that? Yeah, no, you you can't. You can't. Or a wigging kebab, a wigging kebab would be a good subject, which is a pie inside of a buttered bomb. That yeah, that does that that sounds all right. I think. I don't know what I'm signing up for because there that might be I don't know. Kind of seems like it might be sort of a. I don't want to say sexual innuendo, but I I don't know. No. I I don't want to be saying anything because you know I think I know a little bit about English culture. I don't want to sign myself up for anything that's uh, yeah, inappropriate. I guess you're from Manchester though. You're not from Wigan, right? Is this Wigan dish is that uh famous for for anybody or? Well, it's uh you know. Oh yep, I just looked it up. We have. It's, it's, you know, it's a thing that's like, you can get it all over the north of England, but it's just called by a different name depending on where you go. Yeah, but to yeah. me, that's that's just the most succinct way of putting it. It really right. kind of um, encapsulates, like, verbally, like, the taste of that pie inside of mm. a, a bun or bap or balm. Yeah, do you call them... What what do you call them in Manchester? You call them because I've heard bread cake. I've heard heard everything, but you call it a bomb. We call it we call it everything. Yeah, we just call it what we call it. Yeah. Right. It's just yeah. One of those things. Okay. So, what do you think is next for you? You seem to have a lot of things going on with your music and your poetry. What do you think you're gonna get up to uh, next? Well, uh, 
working on a new album. Got a couple synthesizers ready to go to, uh, you know, diddle about on and compose some new tracks. Yeah, I want to, uh, you know, uh, perform more live performances just because uh, that feels really nice to get in front of a crowd of blokes and just kind of yell your head off. Yeah, and, so how uh, did your how did your show go the other day then? Oh, it was delightful. Mm. Uh, good American beers at the at the venue, not like the swill we have in Manchester. Yeah, it was a modest crowd, about six, six, seven people. But you know, I think they really enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Did you? I did, uh, what were these people's reactions when you when you got up on stage? You had a live band too, didn't you? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You know, it was a, a lot of uh, silence, a lot of just kind of like standing there looking at the phone type business. But um, I think they were probably looking up like Meet Me Facebook and stuff because they mm -hmm. were just so interested. Yeah, we did about eight songs from the albums and some singles. We did, you know, someone left four chicken fillets in Marie Louise Gardens and people need to stop feeding the rats in Fargo Lane Park. Uh, we covered the Beatles and uh, I did an acapella rendition of the Bananas in Pajamas theme song. I don't know if I'm actually familiar with that one, Jim. It's an Australian children's program, Bananas in Pajamas. Okay. It's a wonderful, delightful uh, theme song, really. I'll have to check it out then. Before we leave, I want to talk about your merch a little bit. You have some very interesting things. I want to talk about, you know, one of my favorite t-shirts that, that I've been contemplating getting is that Someone Left Four Chicken Fillets in Mary Louise Gardens. I think that's a really good really good t-shirt and you also yeah. have a damp napkin do you sell many of those or they haven't sold any damp napkins yet mm -hmm. no but uh i think it's just a matter of time really did you take inspiration from the like you know that one girl who was selling her bath water or oh i didn't hear about that but what was the story there well you know, I don't really know much about it. I'm not really attached to the internet culture, but I think this is this is some girl called Belle Delphini. I think she I don't know I don't know if she's like a OnlyFans girl now, but she's just kind of a lewd person and she was selling her bathwater for however much money and uh guys were guys were buying it for a little bit there. This was like a couple of years ago, one or two years ago. Uh I think in that situation, there's probably some sexual connotation to it. But for me, it's just a wet napkin, isn't it? It's okay. not really sexual. Yeah, I, I kind of assumed. Which is probably why it's not selling as well, you know. Like, maybe I should, like, jizz in the napkin or, like, something like that. Uh, Jim, I... But then, but if I'm going to make money that way, I might as well go to a sperm bank and donate, you know. And then they pay you 30 pounds or something for all yeah. your uh, sperms. That I yeah, you know I don't want to get into that, but I also kind of do. What do you, wouldn't it be kind of weird to like not know that a kid has your genetics? I mean that that would be kind of strange to me. But you know I see the importance of it, but I also it's just kind of it's weird to me. Yeah, I mean uh, I would love to have like a world populated by little Jimmy Browns. So it's weird, but it's kind of like the purpose of human life is reproduction. And what yeah. better way than just donating 
gallons and gallons of semen to sperm banks around the world and just kind of impregnating like tons of people with it. Yeah, I guess so. I guess maybe I'm being a little selfish. You you are right, Jim. Jim, before we leave, do you have any things you want to plug? Anything that you want to tell the audience member out there? Uh, Thank you for listening to me music. It's lovely of you. Thank you for putting me on your your podcast. And I hope that uh, you'll achieve success in everything. That you're doing now that's me talking to you mate not oh to the well I, pr- I appreciate that so yeah now to the audience what i have to say is hello how are we doing guys and listen to me mute to me albums and see what you think yeah so you can make find- a decision for yourself i'm not going to tell you one way oh it's good it's bad oh, it could be both or it could be one or the other but that's just all them to decide not really for me to tell you what it is right right yeah people People should care if they want to care, right? Right. Yeah. So you can check you can check Jim's music out on on Bandcamp. Uh, send him a couple pounds. Buy him a can of beans. You know, you can buy one of his damp napkins. Check him out on social media. He's got an Instagram. He's got all the social medias you 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 would want. Hopefully, you get a couple more followers from that uh, little plug I did for you, but. That would be lovely, mate. All right. Well, it's been a good time, Jim, but I think this is where we're going to cut it off. So thank you so much for, yeah, thanks so much for joining me. Right. Well, thanks. Once again, a huge thank you goes out to Jim for taking the time out of his day to talk to me about Broken and what lies beyond the tracks. You can find his album wherever you stream music. Be sure to head over to his Instagram at Jim E. Brown with eight E's to stay up to date with the Jim E. lore. At the time of recording, I think he's currently stranded in Philadelphia and trying to get money to get back to his home. If you want to support that endeavor, I know he has an album out called Mushy Meditations that is currently on the Bandcap website for a thousand pounds. That would be probably almost enough to get him back home. So if somebody listening would like to donate that thousand pounds and get a piece of meditation in the process, well, this is your chance. Or you can buy any of his other albums or stream his albums on Spotify and wherever else you stream music. As for me, you can email me over at PlasticLizardReviews, that's all one word, at gmail.com. This has been Michael Bless, Plastic Lizard, saying goodbye, thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode.